Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Bear down, baby. Yes, Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. The hits principle is corny, old-fashioned, and all that. But you know what? These guys are buying in. And Dan Weeder. I get criticized all the time for being negative in my coverage of the Chicago Bears. And I tell people, again, it's my 10th season. I have covered one winning season and zero playoff victories. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to Soldier Field. Yeah, take the North special game day edition, victory edition. David Haw, Dan Weeder with Adam Stadzinski producing this. This is a game day edition after the Bears shocked the NFL world. 19 to 10 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Dan, we just got done riding. We just got done in the locker room and from the podium. What is your initial reaction to what I think is just an unbelievable, unexpected victory by the Bears over the 49ers? Well, first of all, what a moment for this team to have in that driving rainstorm at the end of the game on a uh, Soldier Field surface that was basically like a kiddie pool out there, right? And they turned it into a slip and slide to end the afternoon and celebrate the 1-0 and start to the 2022 season in the Matt Eberflus era. I think Justin Fields summed it up as well as anyone in saying that this was a win that was built on physical and mental stamina, and it was far from a flawless performance. But when you can dig deep and find those extra reserves to make the plays when they matter and beat a very, very respected opponent here on your home field, it shows that you have some things to build on. And let's see where they take it from here. You know what stood out to me too, Dan? We just got up from the locker room and and hearing Justin Fields, we'll get to some of the details later and certainly we're going to be there on Tuesday to break it all down after watching the tape. But he sounded like a quarterback that had been listening to his head coach. And he was parroting Matt Eberflus when he talked about the physical and mental stamina. When you yep. talked about the things that they overcame, you heard it from other players, but when you hear it from Justin Fields and you just heard it from Matt Eberflus earlier from the same microphone in the same spot, you're like, okay, there's some evidence of coaching, not just on the field, but off of it. Yeah, and, and that's prevalent right now, David. I think that's really notable because you hear – a lot of guys in a lot of different ways parroting the messages of Matt Eberflus. So it tells you that the head coach has their attention, right? And that's a very good starting point for a new coach to have the attention. I think back to a conversation I had with Jalen Johnson this afternoon about the fumble he forced on the 49ers first drive. The 49ers are driving. They're going in for a, a score on their first possession of the year. And Jalen Johnson is, is glued to a block and he has no opportunity to make a tackle on Debo Samuel. And he says, what have I been coached and what have I been, been taught to do? Let me find a way to punch at this football and he 
uses his left fist and he <laughs> uses a, a very well-placed punch. The ball comes out. Jaquan Brisker recovers it. And all of a sudden it's zero to zero. Right. And you, you've right. dodged a bullet. And it's a, it's just another example that the things that they've been hammering home for months and months and months are now showing up on a stage where the, 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 the results matter. And that's a big deal for this team. With Charles Tillman, Peanut Tillman, in the building, introduced <laughs> at halftime, he talked to the crowd. Jalen Johnson did his best Peanut Tillman imitation with a peanut punch, and it made all the difference in the world because, you know what, also, it was evidence. It was a, it was something that, that gave them a result in their buying in, and it was on the first series. And, it yeah. Went, oh, yeah, that's what he means. That's why it's important. And, and frankly, when the Bears win the turnover battle 2-1, to one, it does underscore that, as well as a couple other things that stood out before we get to some of the highlights. Dan, three penalties. The 49ers <laughs> committed 12. The more disciplined team, the more mentally sound team fundamentally were the, was the Chicago Bears. And I think it's been a while since we've been able to say that. Well, we saw this in the preseason as well, that they were not making those silly mistakes, those mistakes that make people at home throw the remote control across the room and say, that can't happen, right? And, right. and the Bears avoided the that can't happen mistakes that the 49ers didn't. The 49ers had three penalties this afternoon on third downs where they were going to get off the field defensively and the drives resulted in Bears touchdowns, right? Like two of those Bears touchdown drives had three 49ers penalties that kept them alive. If you're an opponent playing a team that's shooting itself in the foot, you have no choice but to accept the gifts and then take advantage of them and credit the Bears for taking advantage of the gifts they got and making sure that their uh, brand of clean, disciplined, mistake-free football turned into a win. I can't imagine some of the thoughts that are going to be running through Kyle Shanahan's head as he takes that flight cross-country back to California. It's a long flight when you lose a game like this. It's a long flight when you feel like you have a better team, more talented team, and you lose the way that the 49ers lost. And that's a credit to the Bears. We thought there would be games like this where they were maybe overmatched and undermanned, and they found a way to steal a victory. That felt like today. Also, I'll go back to it. I know I picked the 49ers, and, and I feel right about that. But we talked about it being a good time to play a team where you might be overmatched. You might not have as much talent. And I think today you saw some evidence of that. Certainly the elements contributed to everything that happened today uh, in, in that Bears victory. But also it was the first game. It was a season opener. And you saw some things that you won't see later in the season from a team as good as the 49ers. Yeah, and, and listen, the defensive effort today should not be taken for granted because this defense played in a way that kept this game from becoming a chase game, right? The last thing Justin Fields wanted on a sloppy field where he didn't have consistent grip on the football because in, in his words, the, the ground was wet and, and he didn't know from snap to snap how wet the ball was going to be when he was handling it. You had yourself a game at halftime that was only 7 to nothing, despite you only had five first downs offensively. You only managed 68 total yards in the first half. The Bears did not completely pass beyond the line of scrimmage before halftime, David, to be in the football game at seven to nothing at that point. And then obviously they're down 10 to nothing and you say, okay, you can't let this get away. And then they hit a broken play touchdown to Dante Pettis and the whole afternoon changed. That's a credit to the defense for keeping them in a position where they, where they were able to strike. And, and then all of a sudden you're right back in it. And that, that energy and that fuel comes right back into your system. Great point. Because in the first half, I think there were 19 yards 
yards passing. And I think Fox said on the broadcast that it was the first time since 1991 they had a half of football <laughs> where no completions were to the wide receiver or tight end. I mean, that's a long time. That's futility and a record you don't want to set. Their longest pass, David, was 16 yards on an underhanded flip to David Montgomery in the backfield when Justin Fields was trying to avoid a sack. So that was pretty resourceful. <laughs> I, that, was, that was definitely resourceful. I want to stick with your defense, though, for a moment because some of the highlights, we'll break it all down later. The flash plays. You mentioned Jalen Johnson with a peanut punch. That was great. Jaquan Brisker recovering it. He was in yep. on a lot of plays today. But two things happened today that I think are worth getting most excited about if you're a Bears fan and defensively especially. Number one, Dominic Robinson. Where did he come from? My goodness. Fifth Miami of Ohio, the Mac. <laughs> I know. Hey, and nobody has more Mac pride than me. And today with Flucy on the sidelines, a former uh, Toledo linebacker and Dominic Robinson making a sack and a half. I'm like, yeah, Maction. Hashtag. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So him playing as big of a role as he seemed to play in this defense was big. And the other thing, let's face it, this is a different defense when Eddie Jackson gets an interception and it has been far too long before he was a factor in a positive way. And he had that pick today and it was a big one at a big time. And it was his first one since December 29th, 2019, a long time ago, but it's more about the future than it is the past for Eddie Jackson. So here's the cool thing about that play. Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, Shaquan Brisker all said that five seconds before the snap came, they knew it was going to be an interception because they had studied the 49ers tendencies. They saw the bunch formation they were in with Debo Samuel and Juwan uh, Jennings spread out just beyond the left half marks. And they knew that they were in the perfect call sent in by Allen Williams for that formation in that play. And Jalen Johnson said, look, I just had to make sure that I, I used my leverage to basically funnel Jennings back towards the middle of the field. I knew Eddie was going to be breaking on the pass. Eddie knew what to key on. And he makes the interception for the first time since 2019, as you mentioned. And he makes the interception and returns it 26 yards, right? He shows us some of that returnability. He was disappointed he didn't take it all the way back to the house like we've seen him do in the past. But now all of a sudden you set your offense up, which was struggling all day with a short field. And they go 21 yards for a touchdown. And in Dominique Robinson's words, it was game over. At that point. And for this defense to have a mentality that 19 to 10 in the fourth quarter is game over is notable. And, and for Eddie to be the guy that makes that play, I think, is really cool, given uh, just kind of the career trajectory he's been on and, and the, 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 the renewed energy he's had since the spring about what he can do in this system. It's something to build on. It's something to learn from all day defensively. I think Kyler Gordon will learn from today. Maybe not so many good plays, but he had a couple missed coverages and he will get better from that. Offensively, Dan, I think that obviously they struggled. The big plays were what stood out. I was, I guess, if you want to be happy for a core or a position group, it would be the wide receivers because Darnell Mooney kind of shut down. The elements contributed to a lot of things, but you have 
uh, Equinemius St. Brown come through with the touchdown pass and certainly the big play. Dante Pettis waiting there, as I put in the in the column on 670thescore.com, he kind of was waiting for it like a fly, fly ball, like his dad used to as a major league outfielder, waited forever for Justin Fields to loft it up there at 51 yards later. They're celebrating, and it seemed like they exhaled, and the offense was different after that. Well, and that's some of the magic of Justin Fields, right? Where where you can get a play like that that's completely off script after six or seven possessions that went completely wayward on you. And all of a sudden, you, you, you break free, left of the pocket. You know the defense you're up against, and they're in zone, and they lost track of your guy. And now all of a sudden, you peek back right, and you say, my God, that guy doesn't have a defender within two zip codes of him. And all I got to do is make sure he catches the football, right? right. And it goes down in the box score as a 51-yard touchdown oh, yeah. pass. But you and I both know that that play did not not go as designed, right? But all of a sudden, it it allows you to to breathe that sigh of relief. And when you have a quarterback that has that ability to to improvise and make plays and to be calm enough to make plays and to be calm enough to not be uh, pressing, you know, early in the second half after you've gone through a first half that's been been wayward, it's impressive. And look, look, the Bears, they averaged 2.7 yards per carry today. That's gross, right? Justin Fields threw for 121 yards. That's gross. They're not going to be able to get that done on an every week basis offensively and walk out of stadiums with victories. But the fact that they've they found their moments, they found their spots, and guys made plays that 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 changed the game uh, is is something that we can't uh, look past at all. Things we'll dive into on Tuesday: Tevin Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, that rotation at right guard; Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, that rotation in the backfield. Let's keep an eye on that. Also, the continued evolution of Justin Fields. But before we give out game balls, Dan, because we're just going to do a, a mini pod today, but we're going to give us uh, our reactions as we are right now. The play that cost the Bears a potential field goal. Well, how would you explain it? The towel with Trenton Gill, wipeout. I mean, as I said, we knew with uh, Matt Eberflus there would be fewer flags, but nobody said anything about towels. Listen, I mean, it was bizarre, right? We're at the end of the first half. The Bears haven't been in scoring range all afternoon. It took them forever to even cross into 49ers territory. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now you can squeeze a field goal out of a drive here. Let's see what you can do here. I think it was a 47-yard attempt that Cairo Santos was lining up for. And his holder comes out to try to get a little of the, the puddle away from the, the spot on the hash that they were going to put the hold down on. But he brought a towel with them. And uh, <laughs> foreign objects not allowed on the field to – uh, create uh, field management, right? And so all of a sudden, you have a situation where the Bears get penalized 15 yards. And if they lose this football game today, David, we're spending a lot of time on the situational unawareness of, of the, the specialists, of their coaching staff, of the guys that didn't know that you couldn't bring a towel out on the field to squeegee off a clean spot. Uh, they obviously survive it today, but weird, bizarre play. I don't know in all your years covering football if you've ever seen the foreign object towel seen call. That. I have never seen that. Daryl Johnston, who has played for 10 years, was a national analyst for 20 set on Fox. He's never seen that. So, I mean, I want to be, if it would have been a factor, probably would have been somewhat critical, but then it would might've been hypocritical because I don't know that I knew the rule existed outside. If you don't have it, you can't use a snowplow to clear because we have seen that. But yeah, I that's a foreign that object. I knew about this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Patrick that Manley, was- who uh, who obviously played more games with the Bears than anyone uh, and, and in that special teams role, said he'd never heard of that either. So this was new to everybody today, and uh, obviously it cost the Bears, and you figure that's a one-time mistake that will never be made again. You mentioned Patrick Manley. He did post-game on the score. The man who produced that show is our guy, Adam Staczynski. Let's bring him in for game balls because you know what? There was one of us, Dan, that picked the Bears today, and it wasn't you and it wasn't me. Take a bow, studs. Hey, well, well, hey, I, did I pick the Bears on this podcast? I don't think I did. did I uh, well, 
If I did, I I'll take that, the credit for it. I think that you took, picked the Bears. I lose track of all your <laughs> opinions. They're flying everywhere, studs. I, but I do I, know that you picked the Bears, and you hit reply all, and you did so. Oh, no. I picked the 49ers. It was, I, I said 49ers 24, Bears 20 is what I said. But I appreciate you trying wow. to give me credit for that. Oh, I thought you picked the Bears. No, okay. I, I, I thought corrected. about it. I think that I think that where the confusion here was I when especially on the podcast here when I when I gave my pick I made it in a very positive way where I said watch out because the the Bears are going to be a pesky team they're going to stick around with a lot of guys and they're going to play clean football in there and they could find openings to win and this might be one I just didn't pick them outright okay so I take back I think, all the credit I gave you who's your game ball well, go to. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. So my game ball, I think I'm going to go ahead and and give it to Dominique Robinson, who I think was awesome. Ooh. And you know, he, he had a sack and a half was, I believe, the official credit. And I know that he said after the game that he he picked up on a tendency from Trent Williams, yeah. who's a really good tackle. And so, I mean, that's you know, a guy that has played that's something defensive end for a year two years like he hasn't been playing defensive end all that long for him to pick up something like that on film and, and use it to his advantage in the game get a sack and a half in your first game it's i thought he was really impressive and they might have gotten a steal in the in in, in dominique robinson in the fifth round that's a good one how about you dan well, first of all, it was Mike McGlinchey that he picked up the tendency on. And, and he said after oh, the game that, that, that McGlinchey has a tendency to overset. And he overset on the play where he got his first career sack. And he was able to use a little bit of movement inside, get to Trey Lance. And again, in a wet day like this, he had to grab onto Trey Lance and keep that grip on him, throw him down. That's a really good pick stud with Dominique Robinson because that's a, a very good player who's, who's growing in front of our eyes right now. I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson for all the things we talked about. This is a guy who is, is part of the old guard, right? One of the few remaining holdovers from that defense that set the world on fire in 2018. For him to be able to step up in a big moment and make a big play is very welcome for this defense. It's very welcome for Eddie himself, who said he obviously felt great. He's had a couple takeaways taken away from him the last couple of years because of penalties. So for him to finally get that interception monkey off his back and break that long streak without a takeaway, without an interception, rather, that's uh, a big moment for Eddie Jackson. And, and it, it is hopefully very important for this defense as they march forward. There are a lot of good candidates, and those are great ones. And I think, though, I'm going to go away from the, necess- the player's perspective, but I'm going to just say, look, Matt Eberflus this day was all about his impact on this organization. And I, I, you can give credit to Ryan Poles and all the new guys, and certainly there are some players that would qualify as standing out. But Matt Eberflus, in terms of his approach, which was easy to mock, and many people did, and it may continue to be, and nobody needs to get carried away. I can remember yeah. uh, getting a little bit you know, carried away with Mark Tressman's first victory. Uh, but this doesn't feel like that. This feels a little bit more sustainable. It's a lot more fundamental. This was a, this was a victory for uh, old-fashioned football. This was a, a, a victory for the coachiest of coaches. And I think that when you saw... Matt Eberflus walk off the podium and hug his college coach, Gary Pinkle, who coached him at Toledo and worked for him. He worked with him at Missouri. It meant something to Matt Eberflus, whether or not he was revealing too much or not. And I think that his impact on this day was the most uh, most significant thing and, and memorable thing for me. By the way, as we're finishing this recording up, the uh, week two opponent for the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, are down by 
16 points on the road in Minnesota. So who knows? They may they may be uh, taking the North earlier than we expected them to take the North here, right? And wow. be, t- be tied with the Vikings for first place coming out of week one. I love it when reality co- coincides with the name of our pod. <laughs> take the North. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on this special game day edition. We'll try to do this after each Bears game. It'll be a condensed version of our pod. We'll get more detailed on Tuesday when you join us again and download it, it's at Take the North Pod on Twitter. And you can reach Dan at, at Dan Wiederer and me at David Haw. And for Adam Studzinski and Dan Wiederer, I'm David Haw. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll talk to you on Tuesday on the Take the North Podcast. Victory formation, everybody. 